0: Have such sights to show you. in a scary horror podcast here i'm your host cole and with me as always i have my good friend and co-host aaron <clears throat> yeah yeah i, I didn't you, know j- I, I forgot i was here well you you are here yeah. right now in the middle of summer <laughs>
1: jump scare right in the middle of the summer heat boy howdy am i tired of 100 degree weather
0: me too dude me too makes me want to die yeah huh?
1: feel like i could die at any moment Is that what they did last summer? They just global warmed the person to death or something? I don't know anything about this movie besides it's about like, somebody knows what you did. And he's calling them on the phone or whatever. And they're like, I know what you did last summer. um, And I only know that from fucking commercials on like ABC Family or something when I was a kid. And they
0: were going to show this movie. But I never watched the movie. Yeah, you pretty, much, you pretty much just hit a lot of the bullet points I was going to okay. hit there. Yeah, because, like, I have actually never seen I Know What You Did Last Summer. Mm-hmm. I knew about how I know what you did last summer mm-hmm. there. But it was, like, in name only. Like, it's just one of those, like, horror titles. And especially, you know, it came out in the later 90s, Um it was actually one year after scream release. So you could see why it's kind of following the footsteps Mm -hmm. and scream was Mm -hmm. a huge smash hit of uh, bringing back the horror genre there because a lot of people talk about how scream kind of revitalized the horror genre there with its Mm -hmm. new tropes and everything and so this was one of the films to immediately follow suit there but i know nothing about it except i've seen it in loads of parodies Mm -hmm. that people have done whether it's like you know scary movie or online stuff Mm -hmm. like you even knew the title i know what you did last summer and you don't yeah it uh besides from that i don't know too much about it i am very curious i am ready for something kind of uh more familiar territory for me of just like slasher genre Mm -hmm. sort of thing and uh i want to know what they did what did these rascals do last summer well we're about to find out whenever we get back with y'all after we watch i know what you did last summer (laughs) (laughs) i just hope they had fun uh, probably it was the 90s. Yeah. You. I mean, come on. I know you. You know you. And I know you know that I know you. And we are back from watching I Know What You Did last summer. We and uh Aaron. Researched. I, I,
1: I, we, we researched what you have done last summer. And we are so disappointed with you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, we figured out what they did last summer. Yeah. And um, needless to say, um, sh- I don't know kids am i right (laughs)
1: those darn kids will just never learn
0: um yeah but as the movie goes aaron thoughts comments yeah critiques
1: yeah um i mean it was it was definitely had a scream vibe definitely had that vibe you know not only the 90s but like the the film style and like the the group of friends and like is one of these is one of these people in the group killing is it somebody else what's going on in here um kind of activity so it was it was an enjoyable suspenseful film for me
0: yeah yeah i I mean i would say overall it just hit the fine marks you know just Mm -hmm. like yep it's fine it's fine obviously uh there's a lot Well, maybe. (laughs) There are some points we could definitely talk about whenever it comes to the survivors, Mm -hmm. the killer itself, and the mystery behind uh, what exactly he knows they did last summer. Exactly. But uh, yeah, with that being said, let's dive into the plot, uh, boys and girls. So I Know What You Did Last Summer is about a, a group of teenagers... During a 4th of July celebration, whenever they are heading back, um, they accidentally hit someone Mm -hmm. and uh, find out that they're dead. Spoilers, I know. Crazy, right? Mm Dead people. Um, And basically being a big conundrum about what to do since they're the ones that hit the person, they decide let's hide the body and never talk about it again. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so whenever they do that, um, the next following summer, um, one of the characters gets a letter in the mail uh, that states specifically, I know what you did last summer. Mm -hmm. And from there, it is a mystery, thriller, horror, slasher mix uh, for the entirety of the film. Um, I feel like whenever it comes to plot threads, pretty straightforward
1: yeah 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 for sure it's um it is definitely an interesting interesting premise to set up a familiar plot of like you know horror movie people dying who done it you know kind of scenario but uh definitely a, a unique spin on how to jump start that where the
0: survivors themselves have done a murder oopsie yeah uh, i like the premise uh More so than I do the actual resolution of Mm -hmm. how to get to the end, Mm -hmm. because I won't go into it further, but I was not exactly, um, I didn't feel that same sort of satisfaction that a lot of good, like, mystery horror films have. Like, Mm -hmm. you get an answer, but by the end, you're just like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much just like, all right. And so I think that's kind of the thing is like they're trying to solve it there and pieces are definitely falling into place piece by piece. I just feel like it's just kind of a, there's not a lot of like clues that are given out and lots of digging. It's just like, oh, okay, this thing happened. Let's go over here. Mm -hmm. So I guess while watching it, um... It was uh, interesting. Another interesting thing, despite this really being deemed as a slasher, not a lot of slashing.
1: True, true. Mm -hmm. Um, The kills themselves did not always involve a a slasherino. The killer's weapon of choice was definitely not a slashing weapon. But, um, (laughs) yeah, I mean, a lot of the kills also kind of happened more or less off screen Mm -hmm. or like oh there's a flash and then a thing yeah
0: Mm. one of the other things i was definitely surprised by was surprisingly how for the most part it was light on the gore it felt like
1: yeah there wasn't anything like super excessive um i think they still got creative with a lot of the kills themselves but they all kind of i don't know revolved around the same theme and there wasn't a lot of you know intense gore or guts flying out or anything like that
0: yeah yeah definitely uh interesting note there that was just one of the other initial tidbits that i was very surprised by
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, <clears throat> and so it
1: seems a little bit like a teeny bopper movie for the 90s so they probably kept it pg-13 yes uh-huh.
0: i i i would very much believe that there um Speaking of which, there were um, quite a few names that were kind of noteworthy for the cast here. Mm-hmm. Um, one of which is uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt, who mm-hmm. plays uh, the lead gal, Julie James. Mm-hmm. And I thought overall she did perfectly just fine, just kind of being the very, very moralistic um, one of the survivors there mm-hmm. because she wants to do what's right and everything, and she's the one kind of taking this secret the hardest out of the entire group.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's definitely affecting her mm-hmm. the most. She's uh, comes back emotional, and the journey of like trying to find out who was this guy mm-hmm. that we accidentally ran over, and all that is uh, is powered by her.
0: Yeah, uh, I I will say, whenever it comes to the writing of the story, I feel like the characters aren't too terribly deep no are too complex granted you know like i love scream a ton there so it's kind of hard because i i I think you're right aaron in fact there is a lot of comparison between scream and i know what you did last summer Mm -hmm. with the setup there which i'm sure was pretty intentional there yeah definitely especially coming out a year after scream but that's beside the point but overall i mean i felt like um jennifer did did a fine job as julie there um definitely screamed a lot during the film
1: her and the other girl both were like fighting for scream queen title i guess yes they they were yelling they'd be yelping
0: (laughs) um yeah but i mean there isn't too much to say but she just does the film just fine there Mm -hmm. uh the other scream queen uh sarah michelle geller who plays helen shivers Yeah, yeah um she was the other one and again i felt like she's I don't know similar to julie's character except she's kind of more of the like "Mm, i don't know you know kind of riding the fence a bit
1: she's definitely got more of the like popular girl vibe yes she like the very beginning of the the movie is her winning like the fucking local crab queen award or whatever i don't know (laughs) yeah for prom or some shit and uh yeah yeah she's definitely Mm -hmm. more on the 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 ditzy bubbly stereotype girl
0: yeah um it is funny though because i would argue probably these two lead actresses are probably the most well-developed characters in the entire film
1: no absolutely
0: which is crazy to think about since they're not even that heavily developed but you do get like tidbits like julie like looks absolutely drained after a year i thought they did a good job Mm-hmm. Of like showing her character a year later how drastically different she acts, looks, and feels. Kind of just trying to keep this secret with her. And then, you know, you learn about like Helen's aspirations didn't go quite as planned there, mm-hmm. you know, which that's just life. So I thought those were interesting moments that they chose to do. But <clears throat> like I said, it's kind of like um picking out mm, little things like, oh, that was nifty. Because overall it's pretty they they're playing a role you know Mm -hmm. like most horror films and everything um but the one person that i would say was pretty defined in the worst way possible was um barry cox played by ryan uh, felipe Mm -hmm. (laughs) who is just an asshole yeah that is his entire character arc is just
1: rich asshole yeah
0: and and violent also right yeah absolutely absolutely
1: He's uh he's also an emotional character, but he just resorts to anger every time. He's like...
0: Yeah, and it was kind of hard to get attached to him there. I just couldn't ever take him seriously. Because, mm-hmm. as you can imagine, he's the one that leads the front about having this whole, let's keep this a secret thing. Right. But... Because
1: he's like, the cops will find out, we get a charge, and then my life is ruined. I can't spend all my money.
0: So... <laughs> yes. um, And... Uh, then finally, for the uh, fourth survivor that we have is uh, Ray Bronson, played by Freddie Prinze Jr., mm-hmm. which it is the actor who played Fred in the live-action films, which um, I, I didn't know this. I th- I think this is correct because i heard this in an interview but Mm -hmm. whenever they were shooting this is a side bit whenever they were shooting the scooby-doo film Mm -hmm. did you hear about that story where matthew lillard and him shared a trailer Mm -mm. and uh basically matthew lillard every time he had to use the restroom there's always like a turd in the toilet (laughs) (laughs) and so he kept flushing and kept getting pissed off and then finally he stormed out and he's like someone's taking a dump in our trailer not flushing he's like oh yeah that's me (laughs) Uh, like, and if you just look at his face, he looks the IMDb picture they have right here. He just looks like he took a dump in your trailer and didn't flush it.
1: <laughs> he did. I thought, I thought you were telling. Like, I thought you were saying Matthew Ilard was the one that was. No, 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 up. no. Matthew Illard was, like, was getting some, shat on. That's some fucking scream level Pranks to the, the cross franchise. <laughs> S- stewing in your, Pooing in your stew right now. <laughs>
0: no it's the no. other way around that's okay yeah yeah Freddie prince is the one taking a deuce it's
1: really funny because every time i see his character i just like his face i just think of fred and it was a little easier to not think of fred in this movie because he's so much younger and he has like brown hair and it's all spiked up and shit but yes all right gang mm-hmm. here's the plan i'm gonna poop in your potty every day <laughs> and not flush it down
0: um yeah they are the main leads here um but we do have the uh killer That does appear later known only as The Fisherman, Uh uh, played by Muse Watson. And overall, like, I would say whenever it comes to The Fisherman being the killer, it's fine. Mm -hmm. I think that's the best way I could say it. It's not to the level of, like, Jason, where it's like, oh, man, hockey mask looks so distinct and everything. But it's also not, like, super lame. It's just fine i would say
1: yeah it's um uh, one of those things where i'm not that scared of it although i agree it's yes. a cool design i guess question mark i feel the mm-hmm. same way about this killer as i do about the uh the valentine's day
0: oh harry warden yeah harry, mm-hmm. War- harry <laughs> warden so yeah the mining suit's mm-hmm. like
1: cool but mm-hmm. is it And iconic, I guess, like by by definition, but like, is it it that cool? Like,
0: no, yeah, as much as I love uh, my Bloody Valentine, and I do love Harry Warden as a slasher, Mm -hmm. you know, describing it is just like, again, the outfit, it's just a miner's outfit there, and this is just a fisherman's outfit there, so I I can't disagree with that. There, Uh, I will say, whenever it comes to his choice of weapon, the hook, Mm -hmm. I believe they tried their best to make it as versatile True. as they could. True. However, a lot of it is just poking and bonking from what I've Yeah,
1: noticed. I don't I don't know why the fisherman's hook was such a like big thing, why they were like, oh yeah, he's gotta use a fisherman's hook and be a fisherman yeah. the entire time. It's like why he could have used some other weapons.
0: Yeah, I think the only reason as to why they were so dead set on it is because they're Telling like that classic scary story of the man with the hook mm-hmm. for a hand and they're like telling different versions of it that's the only bit of logic i could find as to why he sticks to that weapon there um but for i mean fortunately or unfortunately uh there's not a lot of kills mm-hmm. there so it's not like everything feels completely monotonous. It just there's a little bit of monotony. Yeah, I would say.
1: yeah, just in the killer's design and his weapon. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, I do feel like they attempt to freshen it up, just in the mm-hmm. in the scenarios people are in when they die, or you mm-hmm. know,
0: there's
1: there's there's a level of creativity there. It's just not in the weapon or the killer's design, really.
0: Yeah, I, I I would definitely say that, um, and. I don't know. Like, whenever it comes to it, it's just serviceable, I think, is the best act. Mm-hmm. Normally in these slasher films, uh, the survivors are the ones that you hope are serviceable, and then the slasher is the one that you're like, yeah.
1: But it was a little bit the opposite mm-hmm. here.
0: Yes, I, I would definitely agree so there. And... Um, there are other characters that appear later on. You were very, very uh, astute in pointing out uh, Johnny Galecki, who plays Max. Yeah. And if you had not told me anything else, I would have never realized he was from the Big Bang Theory. Oh boy,
1: that's Howard from the
0: Big Bang Theory. I didn't even
1: watch the Big Bang Theory, but their clips keep popping up on my reels. And I'm like, what are you doing? And you You're poor supposed soul. You're supposed to be dating Penny right now.
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, but, yeah, I mean, overall, I felt like the cast was pretty fairly lukewarm whenever it came to it it's just like yep there there they are
1: yeah yeah they're definitely mm-hmm. the 90s equivalent of like a like a friday the 13th cast of the survivors or yes whatever. it's like they're they're a little bit more polished mm-hmm. by design but they're still kind of hollow yes
0: and because uh, that's the thing like if you compare it to like friday the 13th you have like these characters who are as shallow as a puddle. Right. Like I love the franchise, shallow as a puddle. But they're defined in certain ways that you remember certain aspects about them.
1: Right. They're like caricatures. Yes, yeah. Like, but this, dog, but
0: Yes, but this one is like more grounded and mundane and you only remember them by certain like aspects about their characteristics there. Whether it's uh, being very moral, being like the popular girl being the angry douchebag and then just being a dude like hey i just got here what's going on Mm -hmm. um but yeah overall it was okay whenever it comes to the mystery obviously keeping it spoiler free how was the mystery whenever it comes to steps we haven't watched too many mysteries on this podcast so i'm very curious Mm -hmm. on how you thought the pacing the clues and everything was
1: i'm no like mystery expert i'll put it out there but um i actually thought they did it pretty well in the way that they like know how audiences are currently perceive it because it's like they put up a couple characters that they're like here's who you keep your eye on but then they like kill one of them and you're like so it wasn't that one and it's like oh but it could be you know and so they do these sorts of things where they 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 definitely attempt to draw your attention one way or another i do feel like the ending was the ultimate culmination of the mystery maybe fell a little bit flat compared to how they were like setting it up mm-hmm. but um i I you know I stand back from the film we just watched a few feet and I go okay I get it you know like that's that was kind of cool it was maybe not the coolest possible ending they could have done but I was like yeah sure um, I don't know if I even a hundred percent got part of the mystery but we'll we'll have to <laughs> we'll have to talk about that in spoilers there is one element that kind of threw me off um, but it's uh, yeah like the i don't know because i feel like there's a there's a conc- there's a there's a climax i feel like the climax is pretty all right you know like, i get mm-hmm. th- i get that that's the climax of this mystery but then there's a conclusion and that's kind of where i draw more <laughs> yeah. of my beef
0: yeah it's so
1: it's hard to separate those two out without talking spoilers but the very very end of the movie i feel different about than like the highest point of action but
0: Yeah, I I think for me, it comes down to the killer's actions Mm -hmm. and why he does a certain stuff he does and when he decides to pull the trigger and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's one of the things that I'm kind of uncertain about. I get it from a writer's perspective as to why it is the way it is, but Mm -hmm. at the same point, as a viewer, I'm just like, uh, sort of you like you that. gotta
1: suspend quite a bit of disbelief is that what you're talking about not
0: no not that um okay. no mostly just whenever it comes to the like you know it it's like uh, the best way i could describe it i try not to be this way because obviously i can suspend my disbelief but whenever it comes to the like you know well, if I was that person, I wouldn't do that, or yeah. I would do this. There, There's a the mo- couple of moments like that uh, there, which, again, I try not to be too harsh on for the most part there, because, like I said, I think that's kind of the fun of it. Mm-hmm. However, even kind of, like, moving past it there, it still just ends up being like, yeah. yeah. I think one of the film's absolute strengths is just, Setting, Like I said, it's kind of like My Bloody Valentine. One of the biggest strengths there is the mine. Like, a lot of cool aspects about it. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it being a fisherman town, the only... They only have, like, one moment that's, like, it feels unique to the setting. There, yeah. They only have one kill. The rest, you could place it anywhere else, and it's whatever. I will say, towards the end of the film, they kind of revisit that, that idea again. Mm-hmm. But... At the very least, it's like with My Bloody Valentine, you do get to spend a lot of the film in the mine, or at least right in the original Which one. Is one of the strange, yes, yeah it's for sure. Um, it's funny that I'm just also drawing comparisons because that one's also a mystery. But that's that's, true. That, that, that's neither. Yeah, so done in mystery Ooh. about Ooh. the uh,
1: the big killer legend in town. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything else to mention. I mean, obviously, it's kind of hard to talk about mysteries without spoiling everything entirely there. Yeah. I only kind of lightly spoiled the premise because I'm like, I figure a lot of people already know Mm -hmm. how it starts there. But, you know, um, any other aspects you want to um, talk about uh, before getting into spoilers? No. No okay it, it, it's, <laughs> i think it, it's pretty <laughs> dry <laughs> whenever it comes to it it's like no it's yeah it's pretty straight by the numbers it's
1: a, it's a pop culture ass movie don't expect anything yes. else um yeah.
0: i will ask this question do you think this film should be as popular and noteworthy as it got in our culture
1: Hmm, that is a good question this film, to me, has the cultural significant equivalent of something like The monkeys or something. You know what I <laughs> yes. mean? It's like one of those things that like we're all still aware of, but if you took them out of the timeline, would it really shake too much up? Probably not. You know what I mean? Yeah. The monkeys are cool. We like The monkeys. You know, I know what you did last summer, and it was cool. I like it. It's also very stapled to a specific time, and it's like, you know, it's not like a must see but it's like a hey here's a little cultural moment it's like you ever see those yo play commercials with you know some <laughs> yeah. like of those things that's like hey that's a that's a thing that's lodged in the time yeah. and has I, cultural significance but like how much you probably shouldn't
0: overstate it I think that is probably the best way to describe this film, because, <laughs> like, I, I guess for me, I might have set my expectations a little bit too high, because, mm-hmm. you know, people kept talking about it, like, oh, yeah, I know what you did last summer, like,
1: mm-hmm. you know, another
0: big slasher of the 90s and everything, and I'm, like, going in, like, okay, yeah, okay, all yeah. right, and I just kind of went, and I'm like, okay, I, I think I set my expectations a little bit too high, which... Uh, might inadvertently hurt the score there again maybe if it's like something that if i think about later on it'll get better and be like mm-hmm. you know yeah i i think though comparing it to you'll play commercials the monkeys yeah <laughs> right on the money there i i think i couldn't agree more with that sentiment of you could remove it and i feel like it'd be fine but at the same point it's it's a nifty time capsule just to see yeah. kind of where the trajectory of horror was going given that It was very, very popular. Yeah. Um but
1: not making the like top one hundred list of like neat things about the nineties or whatever, but like top one thousand, maybe. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's in there. Somebody thought of it and wrote
0: it down on the list. It just (laughs) didn't make top one hundred. Yeah, I I I would agree with that. Um yeah, let's let's go ahead and just talk about ratings. Uh that was yo, that was the only burning question I had to ask about it. Good Um, question. But yeah, thank you. Keep um them coming. i yeah. wow. <laughs> so coming. I I don't got much. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's let's see what your rating is, boss.
1: Um, yeah, okay. I mean, this is pretty straightforward. My rating's gonna be pretty straightforward. It's not straightforward in a bad way though, for me. It's like it's like bubblegum pop, baby. It's like listening to old N Sync records or something. It's <laughs> it's a little hollow, but sometimes there's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes it's all you want. But um it's not gonna be put in my masterpiece chamber of justice or whatever. I'm not gonna put this in a trophy case. It's uh it was a decent movie. You grab some popcorn, watch a watch a slasher flick with not a lot of blood so you can have your tween kids in there or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Age appropriate slasher. Uh it was cool kids from the nineties with their bleached hair and their bleached assholes and whatever <laughs> else they got going on. I don't know. There wasn't there wasn't really any nudity or anything either. Just the yeah, anyway. Um God, I mean, this is like a, it's like a six. It's, it's not, it's not, it wasn't a below-average mm. experience for me. It was up there. I thought the mystery was pretty good. Um, the ultimate culmination of the mystery, you know, but uh, wasn't, wasn't super sad about it. And uh, the kills were like kind of creative. All this, I feel a little more than lukewarm about. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? This was acceptable. This was a satisfying thing. I'm not gonna rant and rave about it, but uh. Yeah, why not? It was kind of cool.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, that is genuinely uh, surprising. There. Oh, yeah? uh, I, I was expecting a little bit lower because that's where I'm going. <laughs> um, Go for, it. for me, and like I said, I do preface this with, you know, I obviously I wasn't expecting this to be the most groundbreaking horror film of all time and stuff. Mm-hmm. So my score could definitely be affected by it because I was kind of looking into it, but I was a little bit let. Down And granted, you know, I love me a good horror mystery there. I mean, mm-hmm. My Bloody Valentines, both of them, and uh, Scream are up there for being some of my faves and everything. But I think with this one, uh, the biggest thing is, like, with these mystery horror films, you're focusing on the characters there. And for the most part, whenever it came to being attached to these characters, I really... Wasn't mm-hmm. and there wasn't a lot of like kills or whatever to like keep me enticed and everything. Whenever it came to some of the like suspense and action scenes, um, they were a little bit goofy there, mm-hmm. um, but also just kind of like by the numbers sort of thing there. Yeah. Um, and the climax of the film, um, <laughs> I thought was a little undercooked mm-hmm. a little bit. I felt like it just was like, it's supposed to be like a, whoa, whoa. But it just like, once it got there, it was like, okay. Yeah. You know, Um I, I found myself like just zoning out a little bit whenever it came to it as they're like figuring out the pieces and doing everything, which is kind of bad during like a mystery there. And granted, um it's not a very long movie. It's like a little over an hour and a half. So it's yeah. not even a situation where I'm like, "Oh, it's too long or whatever." It's just the mis- the p- setup of the mystery is good and the premise of the film is good. It's just as you continue along it starts to lose a little bit of steam and by it gets by the point it gets to the finish line, you're just like, "Okay." Um but yeah, like I said, I, I also don't hate this film either. I'm not like, ugh, disgusting, ugh, whatever there. So, I mean, if I had to be honest with the rating, it's, I don't know, a 4, 4.5 for me. Mm. There's still some merit to it. Um, I think you you raised a good point. It's like baby's first slasher. I think it's like a good thing, because even then, with there's, there's not a lot of sex in the film either. There's not, yeah. It's just like the beach scene, but even then, they don't really throw anything gratuitous whatsoever so I do think that you know there is merit to this film even though I do rate it low I mean if I was bored I could see myself turning it on and just being like oh yeah this part's cool and then continue on but I think it's because of the lack of connection to wanting to see the people figure out who this killer is the killer not being that interesting um pacing wise it's fine or whatever yeah i mean it, it still is a neat time capsule of the 90s still so it has value i don't think it's like a stain or anything mm-hmm. there i just think it's very by the numbers sort of slasher
1: yeah yeah fair.
0: um but still like i said i absolutely respect and understand aaron six as well there um definitely I and then maybe like because in all honesty a lot of the fun i had with it is just pointing out the ridiculousness of some of the stuff and mm-hmm. laughing at it. Um it it could be a good romp with some fellas or gals <laughs> yeah. watching that there. I think it's a vibe.
1: Yes. That's <laughs> how I would describe it. It's a vibe.
0: Yeah, for sure. I I w- I would agree with that. Um I think whenever it comes to some of the characters uh ways that they are, mm-hmm. some characters are uncharacteristically mean like True. over the top there, which maybe drive me out of it and maybe it would be different if um i knew that there was like a good kill coming up mm-hmm. but uh mm-hmm. it's not always the case <laughs> um you, you i i'm curious i think i know what our favorite kill is in the film though or lead up to a kill there mm-hmm. so but we'll have to discuss that in spoilers which we're in right now so if you don't want to get spoiled uh, you can vamoose Close the web browser, close your app, you know, because we're gonna. with spoilers. Yeah. Spoiler time. Yes. <laughs> uh, how about we talk about your first spoiler you want to mention? Uh,
1: man, I, I just. I don't know if this is the right time to talk about it, but I just want to talk about the sister.
0: Oh my gosh. She's
1: a weird character. Dude,
0: she's just so overly antagonistic.
1: And that's one of the parts of the. Oh, you'd be, oh the sister of the blonde. I was thinking of the sister of the dead guy that, oh. that wasn't actually dead. Whoa, 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 whoa! No, that that sister is good to talk about too. Uh, what Michelle Geller's character, sister Helen's sister? Yes, whatever her name is. Yeah, she's literally like an evil stepmom stereotype. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That these are super two dimensional characters, and she just like comes into her room sometimes to be like, "Hey, fart face, are you." <laughs> working tomorrow because you have to and she's like no I have to be the crab queen again for one last time like, well why don't you go sniff your own farts and then yeah. like
0: she is so overly antagonistic like I'm just like good lord and not to mention it's weird like seeing like clearly an adult being overly antagonistic yeah she's like the
1: older sister of someone who's already an adult her (laughs) her name isn't like specified her her age isn't specified i don't think but she's got to be like in her 20s and she's managing some store that her sister's working at yeah i mean like that she walks in the first thing she says to her is like when she's looking at her
0: crown was something about
1: like you washed up deadbeat (laughs) just like jeez you're just coming in flying
0: like, I, I think if i remember correctly if we're able to nail down the age it says she graduated high school in 88 i want to say oh and then uh, it's like 97 sister. so she's like oh yeah she's
1: like a 30s i guess like
0: 28 years old uh, 30, yeah 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 something I, like that i guess it would be yeah,
1: probably but it's just so
0: weird to see her be so overly antagonistic towards her sister who has done nothing and so it's like moments like that that draw me out. And I'm just like, holy crap. I guess
1: I sort of just accepted it all as like, these are your, like cookie cutter characters and just rolled with it. Yeah.
0: But... I th- I think it's the best way to look at it. I was just taken aback, I guess, whenever like other characters are trying to be grounded in reality mm-hmm. there. But yeah, let's talk about the uh, sister um, Anne Hinch who plays Melissa Egan. Uh, yeah. Please tell me your thoughts about her.
1: Okay, I just I, again this might not be the just the most it makes sense for a podcast way to bring it up, but I'm just dying about like her sister, the sister of the dead guy, right? They are who mm-hmm. they think is the dead guy initially. They they run out. Uh, what are they? Helen and whatever Julia or whatever run out yeah. and to to go talk to her because they need to find clues about this guy that died so they know who's sending them death threats or whatever. Uh, who the who the fisherman be and. <laughs> Um, yeah, she's like meant to be this sort of quirky. Lives by herself. Maybe she's the fisherman mm-hmm. question mark, or like is working with them or something. And uh, you know, you find out later that the fisherman guy was actually the person that they hit in the first place. Which I guess is the biggest spoiler. <laughs> the person they hit with their car, he wasn't quite dead. He didn't quite drown, but he was out there because he killed some other guy mm-hmm. that was this this girl's brother. And then threw him in the docks, and that's the body that they found. Um, and then he's coming back to get revenge on the kids or whatever. So I guess just what I didn't understand was he got a. It's like he's the father of the girl that was killed the summer before that summer mm-hmm. that they killed. So the timeline gets all wonky, um, and I'm just not. I was just not paying attention enough to piece it all together or something. But so he's. Was trying to he he killed the boyfriend because he blamed. You following me? You you trying to trying to follow the same history that I'm trying to follow. He killed the boyfriend Mm -hmm. that initially that was the that was the guy that they all thought was dying. I feel like I'm losing everybody in the audience right now (laughs) because I I don't know how to explain this. But the fisherman kills the boy that they thought they killed, and they're hanging out of this house. So like what? And then they kill this fisherman, and then and then the ultimate ending of the movie is like he's still alive again and pops out of the shower so but like i'm just i just the sister just perplexed me the whole time because she gets this note that's like the same note that they got but it's not a death threat it just says like i will never forget last summer
0: this guy's obsessed with the summer i don't know and i think i think what we figured out is that the fisherman was the one who got hit instead of david egan however he's dressed exactly the same way uh, david egan is dressed which i mean i guess they did confirm that david egan was also a fisherman so maybe he was also dressed up as a fisherman whenever he killed the body and he dumped it then he's walking alongside the road because he just dumped it because uh, they talk about how the body was found later somewhere else or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like the body washed away. Because uh, if you look at, uh, I, I know you, Aaron, found footage and everything of um, the fisherman underwater there. And it looked a lot like uh, David Egan's character there. But it looked a lot older. Even though, it w- like they specifically mentioned his face is covered in blood. We can't tell who it is. So if that's the case, whenever he says, make sure that the person on the side of the road is not dead, then I guess that was him. Either way, it's yeah. still very confusing. I feel like it's just one of those like ways they trick the audience into thinking, okay, you see this character at the beginning and you know, he's by the cliffs. Mm-hmm. Therefore you believe that they're the ones that got hit like two pieces lead up together. But instead it's actually a trade out to where it's the fisherman who killed David Egan and the Fisherman was walking away after he Killed them and got hit
1: mm-hmm.
0: That's at Least what I'm Thinking
1: Yeah and from mm-hmm. what I can see Online they do say that David Egan was killed by uh, Ben Willis When he, he like kicked him off the cliff mm-hmm the, That you see him sitting At in the beginning yes. so it's gotta be The Fisherman that Ben Fitt- Willis the Fisherman that they
0: Hit. Well, holy cow! I'm glad we figured out that mystery. <laughs>
1: yeah. Okay. So yes. definitely, definitely a more. Okay, I'm glad I wasn't the only one confused by the end. Yes,
0: I was confused as well because I didn't think about it until you brought it up. Mm-hmm. Right. It was like because I heard him like, make sure if you kill someone, they're dead or whatever. Right.
1: And then I guess yeah. he's still alive and maybe actually handless this time because they only recover his hand at the end so then whenever it's like one year later and she's in the shower or whatever and some fisherman fellow breaks through the glass uh to set up for a sequel it's like yeah this uh maybe he's still alive you gotta make sure that he's
0: dead yeah Yeah, it's it's goofy like i feel like whenever it like because we could talk about the ending um before diving into like other small parts but with the ending of I Know What You Did Last Summer, uh, basically Julie and um, <clears throat> Freddie Prince Jr. I can't remember his character's name already. My mm-hmm. brain's blanket. Um, you know, it's one year later. They're a happy couple and everything. And. She's like having a shower or whatever, and then her friend's like, Oh, you got a letter, and it's a fake out, even though it's like written very creepily. Very eerily
1: similar to the other letters she received.
0: Um and then she as soon as she entered the shower again, and it is the steamiest bathroom I have ever seen in my entire life. Oh, even so steamy. Yes. Even Freddie's boiler room isn't that steamy. Yeah. Like it is so steamy, I was like, Oh yeah. Yeah, they're going to do like the jump scare at the end where mm-hmm. the killer is actually there and you know of course like looking at the glasses as like i still know what i was not expecting was for them to be so bold enough as to have the fisherman jump through the grass and five nights at Freddy jump scare to the two, screen it was
1: like a 3d movie just yes, jump scare like yeah. right at the camera like, and it's
0: so weird because i hate it but i also <laughs> love it if <laughs> that makes sense like
1: like if we're trying to make fine art, then that was a poo-poo stupid thing to do. But, like, it was, like, a funny little pop movie. Like, yeah, that's great. It was on brand.
0: Yes, exactly. That's exactly how I feel. I, I feel like I love and hate it at the same time. Like, I think it's stupid, but I also wanna want the film to end any other way yeah. than that. Yeah, I know. It's great. Um, But, yeah, so, I mean, I guess that's it. And then he permanently probably has that hook for a hand now. Yeah, now
1: he is really the fisherman. Ooh. Ooh, 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 ooh.
0: And, you know, it's uh, clever because, you know, it it relays back to the story. It's like, well, I heard he was a mental patient I had a hook for him. It's like, no, no, he used a hook as a weapon.
1: Mm -hmm. So it was Mm -hmm. both true. Both true. The legend continues.
0: But, um, yeah. So that was confusing, but yeah. I'm glad we uh, ironed that out. Yeah. Um, I did. I know I kind of
1: drugged the sister into that conversation in the beginning, mm-hmm. and I I am no longer yes, yes. confused. She's just kind of like a red herring, I guess, because she's just kinda, yes. she's just creepy, and she's always grounding the corner with like a knife or something, and there's broken mm-hmm. mirrors all over her property. If you didn't notice that, is weird. There's a weird broken mirror motif. Yeah, on.
0: that's weird. But uh, yeah, no,
1: I guess she's not actually.
0: Yeah, she's just, just a red herring, you know, just being a creepy person, hanging turkeys in the yard, cutting yeah. fish in the backyard. Yeah, cutting them up. Yeah. <laughs> it's Her it being like, you can stop by whenever I get lowly.
1: <laughs> yeah 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 just her weird offhand comments mm-hmm. and she obviously knew about them some to some degree or was at least suspicious about them because she knew like their car mm. didn't really break down and she's like hmm, got the starter didn't really you? you know
0: <laughs> yeah they have a lot of like red herrings mm-hmm. that they th- wiggle out one of them being Freddie Prince Jr who surprisingly disappears for like the last third
1: right yeah. until
0: I, he I, arrives at the end of the last well, third I think it's
1: to really make you think, oh, it is him or whatever, because then it has the moment where he's standing on the boat that says Billy Blue, and they're like, oh! She's like, oh, it's you, and then of course you immediately see her run into the arms of the actual killer. Yeah. Yeah, that was so it, it seems like a little cheap of like here's a guy that we haven't talked about like at all until this right very moment.
0: Yeah, the the red herrings were a little bit weak. Even with um um I, I've already forgot his name. Big Bang Theory, dude. Howard uh, from yes. the Big Bang Theory, whatever yes. his real name is. Exactly. Because um, they made him really a big red herring with like him being specifically antagonized multiple times by um Barry. Mm-hmm. there and I'm just like well he's a pretty big red herring but I still think he's a red herring and they kill his character off early in the film and in all honesty that was probably my favorite kill whenever it comes to feeling like traditional uh, horror kill because you know he's like boiling crabs in the back room so you got like the thematic setting of mm-hmm. like the sea and everything and then there's like steam covering everything and then the fisherman goes up does an uppercut lunge and then pulls him forward
1: mm-hmm. there
0: and he's like bleeding everywhere. And like, whenever he gets dragged, you see like a blood smear, but it, it, it is cool. It was cool. But if you think about context wise, why he had to die, I have no idea. N- yeah. I mean, I guess it's he was like there, I guess. Yeah. He should have known they had a dead body yeah yeah it's, now,
1: now that you bring that up that is either. really fucking stupid it doesn't yeah he's just a, he's just a murderer. he just wanted to do some murdering yes like
0: they they're like man we need to have this sort of kill It's awesome but who do we kill yeah and it's like well let's have him drive by and be like what you're doing nothing okay mm. like what more was he supposed to investigate i
1: didn't even know because like yeah a fisherman at that point was hit by a car and like unconscious
0: it's really stupid that is really stupid <laughs>
1: Boy, that is dumb. <laughs> you know what else is dumb? I made a huge mistake, and I apologize. It was Leonard from The Big Bang Theory. Howard's the other one that looks stupid. Oh, with it, the bowl d- cut. Oh,
0: he who played it, Moist it, and Doctor Horrible. Maybe. Yeah, like the scrawny dude, skinny. It's been a long time since I've seen Doctor Horrible's Sing Along Blog. You should, you should revisit it. It's, I should. It's an oldie but goodie. Anyways. Um
1: no yeah he played. gotcha like i knew i knew his character i just misnamed him the, the name was leonard in bing there i'm sorry howard you are not a murderer or or an innocent bystander or a murderer you were <laughs> i was i was misidentifying
0: you yeah, well i'm glad you figured that out we leonard. don't want their lawyers coming after us oh no. Um, but yeah sorry
1: yeah no that is stupid that mr leonard had to die
0: yeah it it's it's like the coolest kill in the film but for the dumbest reason there um yeah
1: and it's also doesn't make like how do people again the suspension of disbelief thing like you're really gonna kill him there drag him all his mm -hmm. blood across the counter get rid of his body by putting it in your boat because you (laughs) find it later
0: Mm -hmm. and no one's gonna
1: notice in the middle of the Very busy fish yard. But yeah,
0: it's stupid. I mean, like I said, it's a cool setting, and I'm sure that's the only reason why they set up the kill, but it's just, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think the other reason is to make you, like, put a little question mark on your head, like, oh, who? was it uh the mean, meanie bobini boy, the mean rich boy, because yes. he was just there interrogating him, mm-hmm. and then he walked off, and then it's like, oh, did he go grab a coat and finish him off because he didn't want anyone to talk, you know? hmm It's one of those things. One of those things.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I thought I thought little mm. elements like that were mm. good for setting up like the who done it aspect of the mystery. But yeah, the ultimate resolution was a little kind of confusing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I would totally agree with that sentiment there. Um I feel like the problem is, is like whenever it comes to a film like this, like a murder mystery there, uh, they couldn't kill the main characters because they're the ones that are like being hunted, which is why mm-hmm. it felt weird. I'll, this is one of my biggest things and I'm just curious on like why and like the because like the big thing is, is that multiple times the fisherman has specifically, as we've known, met up with um both Helen and Barry yeah there where he could have easily killed them but then didn't it's like oh he's just messing with us because he knows there's nothing we could do about it but in all honesty I just kind of I didn't buy it if that makes sense like ghostface yeah. and freddy Krueger screwing with people I could totally buy given the characters they set up and everything mm-hmm, else mm-hmm. um and maybe it's because you know ghostface and freddie talk and so they're able to like openly explain they want to play with their food whereas the fisherman is kept silent there mm-hmm. but the links he goes like hitting um barry with a car and then yeah. sneaking into helen's house only to like mess up her hair mm-hmm.
1: it, yeah he's definitely like yeah the more i think about it he he's he's trying to like teach these kids a lesson or whatever and do all this dramatic stuff or yeah he like goes through the bother of sneaking through her house in the middle of the night when they're all still awake though and like then not doing anything until everybody's asleep and then sneaking out and all he does is write on her mirror and cut her hair and it doesn't even seem to affect her hair at all. <laughs> no, somebody no. makes a comment of like, "They may really messed with your hair, haha!"
0: But like, yeah. it's perfect. It looked gorgeous. Yeah, and she's cut like, ha, 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 "Cut your hair." I'm like, "It looks fine to me. I don't know what you're <laughs> on about, dude." That that cop was the worst cop ever. Oh, I guess also, it was stupid.
1: yeah that that was such a that was a dumb coincidence part in the movie too, where the cop, was like, "Well, we gotta take the alley shortcut." <laughs> And then tries through the alley, and then is like, oh, there's a a nice man and a fisherman's, like, having trouble with his car. You stay here. I gotta go see if he needs help. And then, of course, he just, like... It starts the first of a series of women screaming... Which causes victims to look behind them and then get get stabbed. Yeah, like, um, get to be distracted, be like, "What's she screaming about?" And then they get stabbed in it, the back.
0: God, it was it was so dumb. And then like the way because like that that cop, I I mean I know what they're doing. They're making a person unlikable to where you want to see him die. Um, cutting way ahead to the Fourth of July. Holiday, which I mean, if I'm guessing as to why the fisherman doesn't kill them already, maybe he's waiting till July 4th to exact his revenge and he just wants Mm -hmm. to screw with it beforehand. That's the only plausible idea I could think of there. Um, but anyhow, whenever it came to like the pageant, you know, Barry's up there and he gets attacked by the fisherman, and of course Helen starts screaming and freaking out while she's on stage, and everyone's like stopping her, like, hey, what's going on? Woo, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And then the cop shows up and is like, uh, hey, what's going on? He's like, someone's dying upstairs. He's like, Yeah, okay, I'll check it out. Oh, yeah, and then he's whatever. just he's waltzing upstairs with his flashlight there and looking around, he's like I don't see nothing. This isn't a time to be playing a prank. (laughs) And it's like you like it'd be one thing if you knew she did play pranks or whatever, but she doesn't. Well, I think he says like,
1: I I think your boyfriend's playing a prank on you. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: And I'm glad you're vouching for the cop because <laughs> I sure as hell ain't. No, you um,
1: still awful because then the camera immediately pans. to the <laughs> yeah. part where blood is just dripping all over where he should have been walking and shining his flashlight. But yeah,
0: like it's just, he's a bad cop. Yeah. No, like it's just a terrible cop. And then he's just like, Hey, how about I take you home? Your parents are worried about you. Uh, doing that. Um, legitimately though, like, I just got this from him. Like, this dadgum emoji <laughs> face has been going around just going, ooh, uh, crazy. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's that's exactly the dadgum face I found. Um, yeah, I just imagined that. And then <laughs> this, so dumb, the alleyway thing. It's just like, hmm, road's blocked off. I'm going to take the alleyway.
1: Drive through the alley. And i yeah. stop and leave you locked in the back car while
0: I go harass a stranger. He's like, hmm, this is important. Won't take more than a minute. Excuse me, sir. Your car seems to be broken down. <laughs> and uh, it's like, that's him. And he's like, what?
1: <laughs> uh, what? Well, I guess I have to murder you for asking me that. <laughs> yeah,
0: and then he just guts him. Because, you know. I'm sure that cop knew what he did last summer. Did a bad job did upholding a, the law. Did a poor
1: job. But uh I did I did kinda like the scene where she had to like kick out the back of the cop car window and like crawl oh, out. Oh yeah, with her heel yeah. and everything. And she's running away and like it's the one time it makes sense that she's like running in this stupid ass outfit. Because she was like yeah. just doing her little crab coming queen or whatever thing. Uh where she had to be on <laughs>
0: Crab coming queen. <laughs>
1: be on stage and so it's like yeah she's like running in these heels through the town and screaming and i was like this is classic slasher stuff Mm, like that was was. that was cool i did think i mean it was super dumb that the fisherman just like slowly walked up to her yeah as he she was catching it didn't seem like a scary walk it was just like he couldn't be bothered (laughs) like yeah it it,
0: it definitely lacked that jason or uh michael Myers strut
1: yeah there was no like presence it was just like here I come like, here i gotta it, kill it you it's just
0: <laughs> that whole scene killed me like whenever she's like banging on like the business window be like let me in and the sister's like what's going on Ooh. and like she's screaming off the top of her lungs uh both the lead actresses are scream queens for sure in a mm-hmm. sense they scream a ton All the time. um and, but then her sister is like you know, just gives a shrug, slowly walks over to the keys there. And she's like, what are you doing? And then she's like fumbling with the keys, opening it. And the the part that kills me afterwards is like, after all this happens and stuff, she's like, we need to lock the doors or whatever. And she didn't lock the doors to all the place. Just that one just door. Just front
1: door, not the back door. Yeah. yeah.
0: And so whenever she's going around to lock the back door, you see that he's already gotten in. Right. And I was just like, oh my God. Yeah. It
1: was, uh, um, very stupid,
0: but it was it it was so funny because seeing her th- like throat gets lit or whatever it was like th- like a gusher amount of blood just like, <laughs> you know <laughs> they're not like a gratuitous amount of blood no, no. There, which it just made it look so funny, yeah there um, but I I will say that whole scene does lead to one of the stupidest best setups ever is whenever like they cut the power to the building or whatever. And the sister was seen putting these like little covers over the mannequins and ever. And the fisherman <laughs> yeah. decides to cover himself. He's
1: got a dramatic flair that does like not line up with his
0: character. No. But he just loves to do all this shit. Like they're trying to like, it's like almost like they're like, I know this doesn't fit the killer, but this is be a cool idea. Cause mm. he just has them standing still. And then, you know, um, Helen's walking around looking at everything, and then what do you know? One of them's the fisherman as it jumps out and like tackles her bah, to the ground. Yeah, and then as we're fighting off, her grand plan is to go to the lift. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that was that the best scene in the entire movie, in my eyes, was for the insanely funny, yeah. with the worst reason it why it was
1: like a Looney Tunes bit where like. He's, like, swiping at her legs, and she's pulling herself up with these, like, old-style pulley elevator. And she, like, finally he's like... Whoo, whoo, and he just, like, walks over to the stairs and then walks up the Like, stairs. it is... Like, going up the stairs was quicker than the pulley system. By, like, a large margin. And then she finally pulls herself up, and he's just, like, there. Like, hey. And she has to, like, throw herself out a window. <laughs> like,
0: that whole pulley scene was the stupidest best part of the film. It like, was- that... It was a bit, for sure. That, like, that made the movie for me that I'm like, all right, that's a good one. I like that a ton. It just is so stupid. And I think they even knew it was stupid, maybe. Or they are at least trying to show how he got up there. Because mm-hmm. it's just a casual strut upstairs. Right. Whatever. Oh, man. that so, But, yeah, I had to talk about that. That was... That was great. Um, but whenever it comes to like, you know, a lot of the moments and stuff, like I said, um, I mean, they have like some cool, like thematic stuff. Like I said, showing a uh, big bang guy dead in the trunk mm-hmm. with the crabs and everything. It was cool and everything. Stupid how quick the fisherman wants to clean it up. Right. Like, I know you're good at catching fish, but come on now. Come on. Um, Doing that, but... Yeah, like, following the crew with the story and solving, I just wasn't quite as invested in as, you know, other films that I feel like actively try to take steps to do it better. I can see mm. that. Yeah, I guess I was mm-hmm. more
1: invested in, you know, who was actually after them and killing them Mm. because it was like oh who could it be who could it be but it was most of the things they were throwing at the audience were just distractions from a mystery you couldn't really solve on your own
0: well and that's the thing because like we we've already mentioned it but um the end of the film is hysterical because whenever she thinks it's like Freddie Prince Jr. that's the killer because he's on the boat named Billy Blue and she tries to get out and someone's conveniently locked the gate there so then she goes the opposite way and whenever Freddie Prince Jr. is chasing after her, uh, a fisherman... N- n- not that we know later is the fisherman mm-hmm. ends up like ring <laughs> rope yeah, him. yes yeah, that's yeah. what it was clotheslining him and then he's like here you get on the boat for safety
1: no she was like oh. she was like i need to call
0: 911 and he's like
1: quickly to the phone on the boat or whatever <laughs> that's even better and then she runs off to go find the phone and then he just unties the boat and pushes it off and then hops on the boat with her And she's looking around and seeing all these articles about her and her
0: friends, and is
1: like, uh, oops. Oh my gosh.
0: And, oh lordy, that was yeah it was great seeing like photos of like them first hanging out but then photos like just recently because mm-hmm. like they don't tell you if it's the next day or something so like it shows pictures of them at the parade they were at and i'm mm-hmm. like did he just the develop these like quick i need these developed right now he
1: probably has a, like a black room and his in his i can see boat. that there's
0: a I could see that. It's a dank little boat. <laughs> only the dark My group. photography hobby, I love killing in photos. <laughs> but, like, the thing that gets me is, like, as soon as she enters, like, the fisherman's lair, and mm-hmm. then it's revealed the fisherman was the fisherman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, you're expecting, like, a big reveal or anything like a that. monologue or something. Yeah, like, something I like that. my hands on you. Because, like... You know, the killer revealed, like, kind of monologue, it doesn't have to be in each film, but, like, what he does say, it just doesn't hold anything. Right. Like, I didn't get, like, chills down my spine or anything. Because, like, you use, for instance, like, um, spoiler alert for Friday the 13th Part 1. I don't know why I need to say it, but I'm saying it. But whenever, like, Mrs. Voorhees is revealed, Mm -hmm. she has, like, a huge epic monologue whenever it comes to like her motivation and everything as a killer right and we didn't see her the entire film same with the fisherman we never saw him i guess minus the beginning part but that's neither here nor there mm-hmm. um because you don't see him the rest of the film unless he's fully disguised or whatever but like whenever he does mention like it you if you you've only heard of him a couple of times whenever they've researched the articles there mm-hmm. and it's like yeah, I guess this David Egan was dating this uh one girl uh Susie, or whatever. Her father was a fisherman or something like mm-hmm. that. Like they mentioned it a couple of times, so it's not like a complete out of left field thing. But I guess for me, I just don't have that same connection because I don't know them. Right there, therefore, I don't feel any presence. And there isn't a lot to the fisherman character that brought it, because like I said, bring up Mrs. Voorhees you didn't know anything about her, but like her presence, her character, her acting she brought was like, mm-hmm. made her a force to be reckoned with. Whereas the fisherman is just like, my sweet little Susie, <laughs> i going go kill you now. Like it just, I honestly couldn't even tell you what he said. Like he did that coin flick, right. which is like his little sign that he's nearby, which, you know, I think is a, I think it's good. They tried their best to- Like make like an icon. A, you, yeah. Yes, make an icon. I just feel like they- Sort of failed a bit.
1: Yeah, and I'd also mm-hmm. say um, I don't like. I don't remember what I was also about to say. <laughs> I.
0: That's fair. This that movie. This movie does that too. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um yeah 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 i was gonna say i don't even think he needs like a killer's monologue or anything if they really didn't want to go down that route i think he needs literally like one exchange of dialogue with julia the girl that just got on her boat and realizes she's in a lot of trouble you know what i mean and they do have dialogue it's just like not super meaningful she's just like are you in trouble she's like yeah i'm in a lot of trouble now or whatever like Mm. gulp you know (laughs) but i it could have just been like you know she like looks at him in the right light and it like you know does a little quick flashback scene of like him and the light of the water that they had because it was cool lighting in the water or whatever maybe there's a light on the boat that does the same thing and they just like flash the image and she's like <gasps> and, she, you know, and she like backs Man. up and is like it that was would an have accident. been so much better you know it's like an accident we didn't mean to and then all he could have said was is whatever his line he already said because she says something like she was like an accident and he didn't mean to and she's like then you should make sure that I'm dead next time or something. And then, you know, it just would have been just a little yeah. detail right there. And they, they try to do that with like, she sees all the newspaper clippings or whatever. And it's like, oh, mm. I get it. But it's just not that obvious to the audience.
0: No, it's, it's kind of dumb. <laughs> yeah. Um, they could have done that a lot better. And surprisingly, the climax of the film is pretty long. I was expecting it to be a lot shorter, her running around the boat, Mm-mm. but Let me tell you what, it is so funny seeing so many of the, whoops, or, whoops, where am I gonna go now? Mm -hmm. Like, it's, because, like, she tries to load up the flare gun, and then it's just him driving the boat that manages to knock her back, and then she loses the flare. Mm -hmm. And he's just there grinning as he's staring to... I guess a remote part to kill her or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then there's like a huge like, chase scene where she's literally running back and forth from the same places yeah. on the boat there. Um, but one of the things that, like, this is just silly is whenever she decides to slip underneath the grate or whatever, and then they have him like trying to poke through the hook. <laughs> yeah, there. She,
1: well, she like, he like pokes the hook yeah. through and then tries to lift up the grate. And he's just like, it's like strength versus strength instead of just like jab stepping on her hands or something yeah I mean, that's holding something up like great. that it he was just, just like just like going through the motions of like i'm trying to get you yeah, yeah
0: it's just so goofy and then you know you have freddie prince jr getting on a boat to chase after them yeah. and then they have like a whole fight with like fishing equipment
1: yeah he's like swinging the hook at him and he's like backing up and throwing a few punches and then he finds a hook of his own and they're like hook fighting but he's got like his hook on a pole so and then of course like julius screams and then he turns around and gets knocked up in the face yeah. back into the water <laughs> and he grabs onto the fishing net and yes. claws his way back on i am i was i was a fan of like that they had this really extended chase tension scene mm-hmm. and through the boat i thought the boat was a neat like place to explore mm-hmm. but uh yeah i know it was really hokey
0: yeah i think that's my thing i feel like for the climax i feel like It's cool they were on the boat, because, again, it fits with, like, the fisherman aesthetic they're going for with the slasher there. Mm -hmm. It just kind of was a little undercooked there. Yeah. uh, A bit. And, you know, it's like a long chase scene. It is funny, though, because I feel like they spent an extraordinary amount of time showing Julie in the ice room. Yeah. They're, like, digging... Through ice, she's there. trying
1: to like put all the ice in the door so we couldn't get in. But as she's doing it, she uncovers the bodies of two of her friends that yeah. are in the ice.
0: <laughs> yeah, which both of the their deaths. I mean, it was just literal, just hooking and stabbing even whenever they killed helen's character whenever she's like oh i'm almost to the parade and then whoopsie doodle he's behind the tire stack yeah Yeah, and she
1: tried to fight back but then ultimately got stabbed yeah it is definitely one of those things that the actual like deaths themselves are not that cool but like the the scenes that surround them were entertaining enough for me
0: Yeah, well, that's good. Definitely glad you um, enjoyed that. Um, I will say whenever it comes to the way the fisherman is defeated is hysterical because you have like Freddie Prinze Jr. After he successfully gets on the boat and he has Julie cornered, he throws like that little like hook pulley there, Mm -hmm. hits him in the head. And then he gets snagged upwards, like his hook, I think, or something. Yeah, he's there.
1: about to kill Julie, mm-hmm. and he has his like hand up in the air to get him, but it gets mm-hmm. caught on a rope, and Freddie Prince Jr.'s character, because he's been working as a fisherman mm-hmm. this whole time or whatever, is like, oh shit, and hits the pulley that the rope was connected to, and it like yanks him up into the sails <laughs> or whatever, and like cuts his arm off.
0: And then he just flies into the ocean. It's yeah. just so cheesy. And then it's like whenever um, they're at the crime scene or whatever, it shows like the hand still on the hook, the mm-hmm. cleaved off hand. It's just, it's goofy. But at the same point, I feel like also it's one of the other things that I did enjoy because it does harken back to like the scary stories. Yeah.
1: They're telling in the mm-hmm. beginning of the man with no hand. Yes. And a hook for a hand.
0: Um, but, yeah, um, I feel like, you know, overall, not the worst ending, just a little underbaked, I yeah. think, is the best way I can describe it. I do love the, I do how they have the cheeky line of, do you know why this man would want to kill you? And they're like, nope. no, no. Nope. Looks at camera. <laughs> yeah, <No>. Wink.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and I love how they had that quick exposition towards the end of like, yeah, I'm sorry, um... I did tell you about the Billy Blue. I was just trying to figure it out because I wanted to get back with you. <laughs> yeah,
1: that was a little dumb. Uh, like, like
0: a little, sh- sh- like little tacked on at the end. Yeah, definitely felt like it. Just kind of serving as a red herring. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like with this film overall. Um, it just kind of like by the point you got to the resolution, it wasn't a satisfying resolution there. in mm-hmm. my opinion, anyhow. Plus, I think like me not liking a lot of the survivors, and it's one. It it's kind of like Devil's Rejects, except definitely not as bad. They are not the the let me mind. They the survivors are nowhere near as bad as the Devil's Rejects, mind you. Mm-hmm. But being with like people that you just don't like or yeah. whatever just kind of sucks. And like kind of seeing like Barry. Get a lot of screen time, surprisingly, since Freddie Prinze Jr. is like absent for half the films. since he serves as a red herring. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like I don't like this dude. <laughs>
1: yeah, and that, I can't, <laughs> they made him too unlikable. Yeah they, yeah, they definitely were trying to make you not like him, so you wonder if he's a killer or not. But then, then That's he gets true. killed, and yeah, that resolves that. I guess
0: in my mind, I never once thought he was the killer.
1: <laughs> right? It definitely, I yeah. didn't really ever believe it was, but it was like the movie was trying to keep it as an option you
0: know what I that's mean? fair i could totally see that there um but yeah i mean even looking at the rest of the film it's kind of like yeah mm-hmm. you know sort of thing i can't really think of anything else distinct to talk about yeah um i don't know because they do stuff in the film and they have like moments but they have like a lot of like stupid classic horror tropes like whenever barry's initially getting chase bounded down by the car he doesn't try to well oh, he, yeah. they show he tries to swerve to the sides, but conveniently there's like a barricade but whenever you zoom out you could clearly see there's an open section he could have just right towards instead
1: of just running down the middle of the road like, away from a car yeah
0: yeah overall it was just kind of like hmm, okay like i said i really don't hate this film or anything but at the same point i'm not like one of those I, I, it's not like where i'm like oh man i needed to show everybody this film and everything i think it's just like one of those like if you want to watch a movie where you don't care too much about what's going on as bad as it sounds yeah yeah no it is mm-hmm. a little
1: bit of a mindless fun yeah. kind of a movie it's definitely a put on in the background kind of movie if you're looking mm-hmm. for something
0: like that but yeah um aside from that anything else you want to uh talk about with this film or any other bullet points or any thoughts critiques memories <laughs> i really just hope in the next film they
1: explore how freddy started moving around with the the mystery
0: machine and all that gang i songs. know it's, it's a prelude to the scooby-doo yeah saga. it
1: was like we solved this mystery so now i'm gonna solve some other mysteries <laughs> it was the fisherman the whole time
0: <laughs> all right well uh, I don't think we'll get that, even though there uh, I think are two more sequels I know there's to the at least series. one more. I
1: know there's one that's called like I still know what you did last summer. That's right? the name is of the it? second one. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and then
0: the third one is I'll always know what you did last summer. <laughs> really running out of juice. Thing. Yes.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, tease the next film then, okay. since I feel like we've wrapped this one up fairly yeah. neatly. Um, so this next film is going to be almost 30 years from whenever I Know What You Did last summer released. Okay. And it is done by an acclaimed director. In fact, it's probably the number one film. Well, I, I'd probably say number one or number two film he is known for uh, making. Interesting. Um, It was in black and white ended up being public domain because he failed to issue the copyright in time, which led to its uh, popularity, and Hmm. the director's name is George A. Romero.
1: Oh, I don't know. I'm not familiar with George A. Romero's works. Oh!
0: Well then, this is a surprise to me as well. Well, if there's uh, one thing we do know about him, we have reviewed a remake of a film he did previously, and... um. It has to do with zombies.
1: Oh, did he do Night of the Walking Dead?
0: You were super close. <laughs> not not walking, but instead the Living Dead. Yes, That's yes, was yep, yep. yep, yeah. You're good. You're good. It's like one of those things that I was like, oh,
1: all these, Whoa. all these dead things.
0: Um, <laughs> Zombies, dead people—it's Greek to me. You know what I'm saying, baby? <laughs> hey, what's the difference? <laughs> um, <laughs> First you have zombies running around. Then you got dead people. I don't know what you want me to do about it. <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm, I'm just now. I'm on like stupid juice right now, where I'm like. So my kid's telling me about this living dead going around, <laughs> fucking in. Are they
1: living? Are they dead? It's all confusing
0: to me. <laughs> Dad's dead. You know what I mean. They, they ain't going to spring back. <laughs> Trust me. Uh, okay, that was, my, that was my that was my god awful Tony's impersonation. <laughs> so uh, thank you all so much for listening to this episode, and we'll see y'all again next time when we're popping the scary with Night of the Living Dead. Ooh. <laughs> They, you just tell me they eat a baby's a like, Gabagool. <laughs> <laughs>
1: goblins and Gabagools.
0: <laughs> Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube, Castbox, or iTunes platforms to stay up to date when new episodes drop. To see what Aaron and I are up to, check out our respective Twitter accounts. For me, it is at Cole Kirk VA, and for Aaron, it is at Animal Game Dev. Thank you all so much for listening to our podcast. We'll speak to you all again next time when we're popping the scary.